the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Hello, everyone. This is Al Fadi, and I want to welcome you back to another one of those short and succinct videos that we are doing with our dear brother Rob Christian. And if you've really been exposed to the previous one we've done, uh, you'll uh, notice that those are very straightforward shows with specific points because we want to make sure they're short, straight to the point, helpful to you as a resource. And if you're a Muslim person, we want to welcome you. And we hope that you can interact with us and respond back to the specific evidence that we are sharing with you. Today, for instance, we want to talk about the real, basically, Aqsa Mosque. And the question is this, did Muhammad really visit the Aqsa Mosque? Why are we bringing it up? Because chapter 17 of the Quran is dedicated to this alleged journey that Muhammad was taken, and whether in body or in spirit, first from Mecca to what we call today Al-Quds, uh, or Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, that's to the specific location. And then he ascended from there to heaven, Al-Isra Wal-Mi'raj. But, Rob, um, is that really what happened? I mean, there was no such thing as Al-Aqsa Mosque when Muhammad actually alleged this whole thing because he died in 632. Historically speaking, Al-Aqsa Mosque, or at least the compound itself, was being built in 691. And the Dome of the Rock itself was finished by uh, the son of that caliph, uh, basically Abdul Malik. His son is the one that finished it after his death, the death of Abdul Malik in 705. Exactly. And this is a very important topic because Muslims love to tell us that Muhammad jumped on the back of Al-Buraq, you know, and he went from uh, Mecca, supposedly, from Masjid al-Haram to the farthest mosque, Al-Aqsa Mosque. And he did that on the back of Al-Buraq, as you see, as you already mentioned, brother, uh, a hybrid kind of creature uh, that looks like a human, but with... Uh, the, the body, the shape of uh, a mule or a donkey. So uh, the story goes like this, uh, and we find this, as you mentioned, in chapter 17, ayah 1, right? Ayah 1, that uh, Allah uh, commanded uh, this being uh, to allow Muhammad to jump on his back and go from the Masjid al-Haram, Masjid al-Haram in Mecca, supposedly, to the farthest mosque, Al-Aqsa Mosque, Al-Aqsa, Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. So let's see, let's see if the Muslims, as they always told us, that this happened from Mecca, supposedly, right, from Mecca to Jerusalem, Jerusalem. But that's already a disaster because in the time of Muhammad, there was no mosque in Jerusalem. But to actually understand where is the real 
where is the real Al-Aqsa Mosque? Could there be a possibility that there was a mosque near Mecca that Muhammad used to go and visit and pray in, in the time of Muhammad in the 7th century? Because as you mentioned, uh, Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem was built by Abdul Malik, Caliph Abdul Malik, and finally finished by his son after his death by his son uh, in 705. So if we can do some digging, we can find we can find in the Islamic books that actually Masjid al-Aqsa in the time of Muhammad was very close to Mecca. And here's the proof. Here is a book called Akhbar Mecca, very famous book in the Sunni world, volume five by Muhammad bin Ishaq bin al-Abbas al-Faqihi. In this very book, we will see where actually the original Al-Aqsa Mosque was in the 7th century in the time of Muhammad. And we will prove to you that it's certainly not in Jerusalem, but actually very close area between Mecca and Medina. And here is the proof. On page 66, brother, and we scroll down, we find a Sahih Hadith. Look, Isnadahu Sahih. And the hadith number is 2,850, right? Please confirm, brother. Yes, 2,850. And it is Isnadu meaning, as you stated, it's a Sahih, authentic narration. All right. If we go to that hadith here on top, we see the hadith number two, uh, 2,850. This is the hadith that we see on the screen. Maybe you want to read uh, the hadith, brother, for us. Sure. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to start at the beginning. It says, Haddathana Az-Zubayr ibn Abi Bakr, meaning the one who narrated to us was his name is Al-Zubayr, the son of Abi Bakr. He says, An um, Muhammad ibn Tariq, narrated from Muhammad ibn Tariq, that he said, Ittafaqtu ana wa mujahid, we agreed myself and mujahid, bil ja'rana, that's I think an area, uh, he told me that the Aqsa Mosque, uh, which is behind this valley, it's also, again, another area basically related to the location, meaning the place where Muhammad prayed, again, the name of that area. Uh, so right there, that's the underlined part. Do you want me to keep reading? Yeah, no, basically, uh, you already did enough damage, and here is why. Here is the translation. Again, this is the Sahih Hadith that we found in Akhbar Mecca, basically the news about Mecca, by Muhammad ibn Ishaq bin al-Abbas al-Faqi, volume 5, page 66, Hadith number 2850. And it says, from Muhammad bin Tariq, he said, Mujahid and I agreed to meet in Al-Ju'rana. And this is a very important area called Al-Ju'rana. He then told that the Prophet was praying in Masjid al-Aqsa. Do you see it? So in the time of Muhammad, Muhammad used to go to an area called Al-Ju'rana or Al-Ju'rana. And there was a mosque, a masjid called Al-Aqsa, which is behind the valley, Al-Adwat Al-Qusua. So the name of the valley, we even know the name of the valley called Al-Adwat Al-Qusua. In Al-Jarana. Did you catch it? So, right. the Al-Aqsa Mosque that the Quran is talking about in chapter 17, Ayah 1, is actually not in Jerusalem, but to a, in a very close 
area called Al-Jawrana, dear brother. And Muslims don't know about this. This is damaging. So later, Muslims wanted to attribute miracles to Muhammad that he, that he never had. And they came with the fabrication, a lie, a myth, that Muhammad went on the back of Burak, <laughs> traveled from Mecca all the way to Jerusalem to pray in uh, Masjid al-Aqsa. Well, Masjid al-Aqsa in Jerusalem did not even exist yet because it was later built in the year 705, but Muhammad died in the year 632. Yeah, Muslimin, this is damaging, and this is a Sahih hadith. Brother, right. what do you want to say about this? And, and I want to say, I mean, it's quite possible that uh, uh, the caliph, uh, basically, uh, uh, who built it, uh, uh, he built it, maybe use the same name to commemorate this account, if indeed such thing happened. But are you going to show people now on the map where Al-Jarana is? Oh, yeah. If we do a simple uh, Google Maps search, as you see, a Google Maps search, if we put uh, Al-Jarana, because that exists in Saudi Arabia, Al-Jarana, the same Al-Jarana, and we uh, take the second destination, Mecca itself, we see that Al-Jarana, where the Masjid al-Aqsa was in the time of Muhammad in the 7th century, here on top, is only a 25-minute drive by car from Mecca. Mecca. So Muhammad, actually, when he used to go and visit Al-Jarana to pray in that mosque called Al-Aqsa, is very close to Mecca. So yeah, so Muhammad, it's, a, it's an override, basically. Yeah. You take an override and it doesn't even cost that much to go there. So maybe maybe it was called that because it meaning it's the other mosque, technically speaking. Exactly, because, you know, the closest one was in Mecca and the farthest one that is, you know, uh, let's say if we, uh, Muhammad, let's say Muhammad used to travel by camel or maybe by feet. It's only a couple of hours. But Muhammad never, ever, listen carefully, my friends, Muhammad never, ever, went to Jerusalem. He did not see Jerusalem. Muslims much later wanted to give Muhammad a miracle which he never had. So Islam is nothing but lies built on top of lies on more lies. Please yeah. wake up, ya Muslimin. We do not hate you, but we want to share the truth with you. What your Muslim books are saying, your Muslim books are saying that Al-Jurana was really close to Mecca, certainly not in Jerusalem. Amen, brother. And, and, and again, I mean, uh, I, I can see Muhammad maybe having a dream about that location. Uh, sure. I mean, we visit places sometimes and we may have a dream, maybe a nightmare, whatever the case might be about something that we're familiar with. But to take that and all of a sudden amplify it and make it sound like he was transported from Mecca all the way to Jerusalem or the Jerusalem area or the compound known uh, Baytul Maqdis, you know, uh, where you have the mosque and we have the Dome of the Rock and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, historically speaking, it's very damaging because uh, Abdul Malik built uh, this mosque in 691. The Dome of the Rock was basically completed and finished by his son in 705. Muhammad died in 632 AD. Do the math and you tell me, folks. Uh, if you don't see a problem, uh, then uh, we, we're talking, uh, you know, basically two different things here. Any last minute thing, brother, you want to close this with? No, uh, you know, the, the, the funny thing is that Muslims, and then and, and we know what the Islamic scholars say about the nation, the, the Islamic nation. The nation of Islam are nothing but illiterate nation. It's an illiterate nation. They don't do their homework. They don't study their books. It's damaging. It's embarrassing that we Christians have to do their homework for them. And when we do their homework for them and we read their books... Over and over we see there, there are no miracles at all. Muhammad did not go to Jerusalem. Muhammad used to only visit a very close nearby masjid. And he called it Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa because it was 
way more far from Mecca than Masjid al-Haram that is nowadays in Mecca. So no yeah. miracle, nothing. And here's the beauty about it. Even Google and Google Maps know where Al-Jarana is and Masjid al-Aqsa is. So there you have it. I know. It's yeah, right brother, you are, you are from Saudi Arabia originally. So you know these places and you know how, how close Al-Jarana is to Mecca. So this is damaging. Absolutely. Well, brother, thank you so much as always. Thank you everyone for watching. And if you're a Muslim watched uh, who have just watched this, uh, uh, this particular uh, show, come to Jesus uh, because Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. He will take you to the real heaven that Muhammad alleged that he's been to, whom he says that uh, when he was there, uh, allegedly he looked at uh, his uh, rewards and he looked at the rewards for Abu Bakr and we told Abu Bakr about his reward. Abu Bakr says, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, even if one of my feet were in paradise, I mean, that, that is telling right there. The closest companion to Muhammad didn't even believe that Allah is giving him that rewards. And you're telling me you want to follow a guy that supposedly went just a 25 minute walk. Uh, or a drive, I should say, to a location, and all of a sudden we have a whole chapter. What a waste of pages, actually, uh, to have a whole chapter with this claim that didn't even take place the way it was explained to us. Thank you, brother. Thank you, everyone, for watching. This is Al-Fadi over and out. God bless. Take care. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back after this message. You're listening to Let Us Reason with Al-Fadi. We depend on the generous gifts of our supporters to produce this program. To join us in this work, go to patreon.com and search for CIRA International. That's C-I-R-A International. You can also donate through PayPal. Go to CIRAinternational.com to learn more. Your support will help us continue introducing Muslims to the gospel of Christ. Now, back to Let Us Reason. Where did Muhammad learn how to clean himself? And yes, we are talking about Muhammad learning how to cleanse and clean himself after defecating and uh, other things as well. And you may think like this is a silly topic to cover, but actually no, because growing up as a Muslim, I've always, always pointed out that Islam and the Prophet taught us how to be the most clean people and how to cleanse ourselves, even in the most difficult, challenging situations. But little that I knew that the Prophet of Islam actually is in a copy and paste business. And in this case, we're going to show you where he actually adapted some of these uh, behaviors. With the with that in mind, of course, with us here in studio virtually, our dear brother Rob Christian. Rob, thank you so much as always for being here, and thank you for the wonderful research, brother, that you do. It's always an honor to collaborate with you. Thank you, dear brother, for inviting me again to do another video. God bless you, and God bless your wonderful team and audience. And again, today's topic, uh, we're going to talk about uh, how Muhammad, uh, came with the idea to clean himself. Uh, and where did he get it from? Did he get actually divine revelation from Allah through Jibreel to learn how to clean himself? Because Muslims always brag, we uh, we are the most cleanest people out there. We do ablution. We, when we go to the toilet, uh, we clean with water. Unlike you Christians, you only use toilet paper. And sorry for the wording, but it is what it is. That's what they always brag about. We clean with water. It's much cleaner to use water. But wait. Where did Muhammad get the idea to clean himself with water? Where did he learn it from? Did he actually get divine revelation from Allah about it? Or did he copy it from somebody else? Let's see. Are you ready, brother? I am ready. Let's uh, go through the slides that you have. All right. So here the word, uh, the Arabic word is istinja. 
all right? Cleaning oneself after urination and defecation. When you basically go to the toilet. So here is uh, a sheikh, Fadilat is sheikh, right? An, an honorable sheikh uh, that you see here talking about this topic. So Muslims love to talk about these topics, right? And Muslims always tell us you should not be ashamed to talk about topics when it comes to sunnah that they get the uh, teaching and tradition from Muhammad. Uh, and as you see, I put a, a red line here uh, for using toilet paper. No, Muslims love to use water to clean uh, their cells after using the bathroom, istinja or istinmar, right? So istinja, right. cleaning uh, uh, of your private part, you're right, uh, after going to the bathroom. You want to add something on top of that, brother? No, I mean, you're on the right track, brother. I mean, uh, these are the uh, appropriate terminologies that All are right. used. All right. So here, uh, as you see, Muslims love to brag about it. But where did, like I said, where did Muhammad learn about this information from did he actually get it from Allah or did he copy a group of people? Let's see. If we go to Sahih al Bukhari, if we go to Sahih al Bukhari, hadith number 156, 156, we see the following hadith narrated Abdullah, the Prophet went out to answer the call of nature and asked me to bring three stones. Now we'll understand why Muhammad asked. Uh, Abdullah to bring three stones with him. Why? I found two stones and searched for the third, but could not find it. So took a dried piece of dung instead and brought it to him. He took the two stones and threw away the dung and said, this is a filthy thing. So what do we understand? What is the wisdom behind this hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari? The wisdom is that Muhammad only knew how to clean his behind by using three stones. So let's see where Muhammad did an upgrade an, an upgrade from three stones to using water. If we go to the next slide, to the next information, we find the following hadith. And brother, maybe you can help us out here. It says, Can you please read on top and then continue reading the following hadith? Uh, yes, uh, so that's the title, basically, of the source, uh, and it shows the page, page 213, 213, and it yeah. gives you the name of the author, Nuruddin Ali ibn Abi Bakr al-Haythami, yeah. and the, uh, the, the, the narration or the tradition is number 1058, people can see the number right there. And it says, وَعَنْ مُحَمَّدْ إِبْنُ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ إِبْنُ سَلَامِ Meaning, narrated from Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, the son of Salam, who said, لَقَدْ قَدِمَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ Meaning, the Prophet came, يَعْنِي قَبَاءَ Meaning, to the area of قَبَاءَ فَقَالْ Saying, إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلْ قَدْ أَثْنَى عَلَيْكُمْ فِي الطَّهُورِ خَيْرًا Allah basically uh, transcended, uh, and may he be transcended, I should say, uh, you know, technically speaking, gave you a good thing in terms of tahor or cleansing, the act of cleansing. Why don't you tell me? So anything else you want me to add before we continue? Yeah. So here Muhammad is interested. He sees a group of people and shortly we'll see that these people are the Jews, always copying the Jews. Muhammad is interested. Hey, I, I see that you're doing a wonderful uh, thing here. Can you tell me? So he, Muhammad, is not getting divine revelation from Allah through Jibreel. No, no. Muhammad is going to copy 
a group of Jews who are cleaning themselves. So brother, if you want to continue and translate, you will see how damaging things become because Muhammad clearly is a fake, a fraud prophet who was copying the Jews, the people of the book, one of uh, you know the Jews, to clean himself with water. Because before that, as we showed you, he used to only clean with three stones. Continue, brother. Yeah, so Abdullah, Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Salam says, this is in reference to what the Quran says in Fihi, رِجَالٌ يُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَطَّهَرُوا وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُطَّهِرِينَ I'm going to paraphrase this. There in, in it, there are men who likes to cleanse themselves and Allah love those who cleanse themselves. So that's what he meant. Uh, he said that that's what Muhammad meant when he told them that Allah basically is really bragging about you to me, saying that, uh, you know, uh, these guys do an excellent uh, job when it comes to cleansing themselves. Exactly. And now we understand who these people are and where, from what, and from what kind of people Muhammad took it and yep. made it Islam and it became Sunnah that Muslims today are love, loving to brag about it. Hey, you Christians, you atheists, you clean with toilet paper, but we clean with water. We clean much better than you. But wait, your prophet only used to clean with three rocks, with three stones he's behind. Right. Continue, so brother. So Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Salam says, they told Muhammad, فَقَالُوا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ O Messenger of Allah, we find it written in the Torah, في التوراة. نجده مكتوبا علينا في التوراة. We find it in the Torah, meaning the act of istinja with water. So All you right. have folks, I want to distinguish for you. Istinja, the use of water. Istijmar, the use of stones. So this is how we grow up learning about where to cleanse yourself if you don't have water. For instance, that's the istijmar, or if you have water, how to do that. Exactly. So where did Muhammad learn from? From the people of the book, in this case, the Jews. So Muslims, stop bragging about that it's Sunnah. Muhammad simply stole it, copy and pasted into Islam from the Jews. He didn't receive any divine revelation. He only got it from the Jews. Yeah, Muslimin, your religion, your man-made religion is nothing but a copy-paste from the Jews and the Christians, as you see. Yes, it's copyrighted. And if YouTube existed at the time of Muhammad, he would have gotten strike one right now. Exactly. And here's the translation, dear brother. Majma' al-Zawa'id wa al fawaid volume one, page 213, by Imam al-Hafiz al-Haythami, that's the reference on top. From Muhammad bin Abdullah bin Salam, he said, The Messenger of Allah came to us, meaning Quba, and said, Allah has praised you well in terms of purification. So would you not tell me? So here Muhammad is asking the Jews, please teach me how to clean yourselves. They, the Jews, said, do you see it? Oh, ya Rasulullah, oh Messenger of Allah, we find it written for us in the Torah, meaning using water to clean yourself or oneself after urinating urinating and defecating. So you see, Muhammad heard it from the Jews, he learned it from the Jews, and it became suddenly Islam. It became the Sunnah, the teaching and tradition of Muhammad. So Muslims, you got everything from the Jews and the Christians and so on. Not only that, Muhammad says Allah actually, his Allah, was bragging about the Jews. So why do Muslims, by the way, claim that the Jews are dirty uh, people, basically, that they, uh, you don't, uh, you're not supposed to associate with them, if Allah himself is bragging about them? Exactly, brother. So you see, Muslims, your religion is nothing but copy-paste. Please leave Islam, 
leave Muhammad the copy-paste machine of his lifetime in the 7th century and come back home to your Lord and my Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank you. God bless. Amen, brother. Thank you so much. And as always, my Muslim friends, what did we prove to you from from this uh, particular show? You may wonder, you know, it's like, what, what is the point behind this show? Thank you. Because what is the point behind that hadith in the first place or those sayings? But we're using your own sources and we're telling you that even simple stuff like this that is common sense, allegedly Muhammad didn't even know that the use of water could be incorporated in terms of cleansing oneself. And he has to rely on the Jews yet again to learn how to do it correctly. But, you know, brother, we are going to hear this. Oh, these are Israeliyat, you know. They are just, just, you know, somebody invented those things. No, no, no. These are Islamic sources, reputable sources. And uh, we have reputable narrators here who are talking about it. So whether you accept it or not, the question is to you, what did you learn from this other than the fact that the prophet, your prophet actually, didn't even know how to conduct himself in such a simple manner to cleanse himself after urinating or defecating. For God's sake, even Siri knows about these things. You can just ask her and she'll tell you what to do. With that in mind... Uh, we just want to invite you to come to the real one who will cleanse you, not just from things like this, from, but he will cleanse you from the real problem, sin. Only Christ can cleanse you from sin by the shedding of his precious blood. He will wash away our sin and he will reconcile us back to God and he will lead us into eternal life in paradise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. Thank you, everyone. This is our party over and out. God bless you. Take care. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.